Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, Spirit of the living God, that you are here, that someone's about to be healed, delivered, and set free. You can't harass me anymore. You can't, you, you, you a bully. Tell the devil, let him know there's a bully. And you're under my feet. And I'm going to put this thing straight this morning through the word of God. And I want you to hear it and hear it nicely. And so you're going to read the word and you're going to weep this morning because... You are under my feet. Just stomp your feet a little bit this morning and say amen to that. So we're heading up into the biggest, uh, the most important part of the calendar on the Christian calendar. We're heading up to Passover. And I, every time in Passover, I want you to be aware of it because I want you to know that number one, there's a, a kind of pressure that comes on all kinds of, on every Christian or born again believer during a time such as this. But also it's a time where we readjust our lives and our hearts to remind us about this most important day in the calendar. So I asked the Lord this morning, well this season, every time when it heads up to Passover, your Good Friday and, and Passover weekend, it's like, what do you want us to know? Because here's my prayer and I want you to see this. And why the Lord's given us the series. It's John chapter 12 and verse 20. Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. The Passover time. Then they came to Philip who was from Bethsaida of Galilee and, he, and asked him saying, Sir, please pray this with me today. Say it. We wish to see Jesus. This must be your prayer heading up into this Passover. You see, what you think you know, you don't really, really know Him. You need to pray for a fresh revelation of who Jesus is and what it means to be a born-again believer. I want to enter into these next few weeks as we celebrate 18 years next week. <laughs> 60 years on the earth. It's still my prayer. I wish to see Jesus. I still want to know him. I still want to know him more and more. I want to know his word. I want to have a more intimate relationship with him. And more than ever in this time, because as I asked about this question of what I wish to see from Jesus, I'm like, I don't want to tell you what I want from you this Easter, this Passover. I want to see you. Is that your prayer this morning? Please say amen with me. Because your apostle has to take you somewhere this season. I'm going to teach you and going to show you through the scriptures that you really want to see him for the way he is. And what he did with me in this week, he brought me back to this word called covenant. And it's a powerful thing because 
as the Greeks are asking this question. And so verse 22 says, Philip came and told Andrew and, and in turn Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now, if you read the beginning of the book of John, you'll find all sorts of crazy things happening, like a woman who's taken a year's salary and broken up, broken this alabaster box, and Jesus said, leave her alone. Because Judas, who said we could have given this to the poor, not because he was concerned with the poor, but because he was a thief. Jesus says to him, leave her alone. Because she's come to prepare my body for burial. And in the middle of this, here comes this Greeks, these Greeks, and they're asking this question that they want to see who Jesus really is. Jesus turns around and says, it's a time for my life to be glorified. He says, I'm answering you. You want to know me? I'm answering you. You wish to see me? I'm going to answer you. Most assuredly, I say to you unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies it remains alone but if it dies it produces much grain straight away he speaks about death I'm giving you the hint to a covenant there is no covenant without a death he who loves his life will lose it and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Verse 27 says, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. And basically to the Greeks, here's your answer. He answers them through a covenant conversation. What is a covenant? The covenant of God, the covenant is one of God's secrets. It's found in Psalm 24 and verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him and He will show them His covenant. So what do we need to know about covenant? Please write these four things down. We're going to unpack it as we go on in the next couple of weeks. Every covenant is based on a sacrifice. Because you want to see Jesus? Jesus speaks about my life will become a sacrifice. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and it dies. So number one, a sacrifice is a, a, any covenant. Every covenant is based on a sacrifice. Please know this, that no covenant... There is no covenant without a sacrifice. There is no sacrifice when we're dealing with the covenant of God's of God. You'll find that the covenant is made. There is no sacrifice without shedding of blood. Here's the key thing about a sacrifice. Every sacrifice demands that a life be laid down. You can't speak about a covenant without a sacrifice. And every sacrifice demands that a life is laid down. Everything 
God does in the earth is through covenant. It's through covenant. When you study your Bible, the Old Testament is also the Old Covenant. The New Testament is the New Covenant. And both of them were ratified or confirmed or sealed with blood. Have a look at Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 16. Hebrews 9, 16 says, For where there is a testament. Do you have the King James? King James says, Oh good. King James version, Hebrews. Can you go back to the book of Hebrews for me please? 9, 16. And in the King James, New King James is fine. For where there is a testament or a covenant, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a covenant or a testament is in force after men are dead. Since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. So if you take just a marriage as a, as a good example, you'll find the couple come together and basically when you come to the altar, you say, I do. You really, it is a solemn thing. It means that I've come to die. You don't know that yet. That all other girls are now off limits. That all other boys are now off limits. Because I've entered into a covenant. And it means that in every covenant, there is a sacrifice. I've come to give my life to you. You've come to give your life to me. And that means that we both died to the world. We don't belong to the world anymore. We belong to each other. Let's get into scripture. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. Please move. Thank you so much. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves. Now watch Old Testament. It's by the blood. And goats with water, scarlet wool and hyssop. And sprinkled both the book itself and the, all the people. Saying that you're not like anybody else from today. Because you are entering into a place of covenant with Jehovah. Saying this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. So an animal had to die. The blood was needed. And the blood was sprinkled on the book and over the people. And saying that you are now in covenant with Jehovah. Then likewise, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. So there's no, there's no remission of sin unless there's blood. Therefore, it is, was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. So I want to I wanna move on because I want to just share something um, concerning the covenants. We'll come back to this. All revelation comes through two covenants, old and new. Now, if you study scriptures around covenants, 
you'll find some speak about five covenants that God made. Others speak about six, others seven, and then even eight. So I don't want to get into a whole theological study around that. But you can look at the covenants of God. God, when He makes covenants, it's with a relationship. A covenant of God is with a relationship. So you'll find the relationship with Adam. So there's an Adamic covenant that if you, if you play your part, Adam, I'm going to play my part. That's a covenant. You play yours and I'll play mine. You have another covenant that God was sorry he made man. Then he takes a family and you find the Noahic, the Noahic covenant. It's a covenant that he made with him for the earth that he'll not destroy the earth that way and he seals it off with a rainbow. He then has another covenant. He calls a man by the, a name, a man by the name of Abraham and you have something called the Abrahamic covenant. Out of the Abrahamic covenant, you'll find the Mosaic covenant. Who's the Mosaic covenant? The covenant he made with Moses on Mount Sinai. Then you have the Davidic covenant where God makes a, a covenant with David because David's building God a house. He says, your throne will last forever. Then you shift over into the new covenant is where we come in. So every one of those covenants are wrapped up in the new covenant. It is, it is sealed in the new covenant. So ha- pay attention this morning because all of your life is going to be mean to begin to make sense and doubt will flush out of you in the season. So when God speaks... He speaks to covenant people. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9, please. Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant. He is a covenant-keeping God. You're going to say it with me this morning. He is a covenant-keeping God. Say it one more time. He is a covenant-keeping God. God. Say it one more time. He is a covenant keeping God and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. So what is a covenant? Please write down some notes. We'll preach a little bit. We'll come to the preaching. Biblical history is the outworking of God's covenant with His people. All of your Bible. It's just God working out the covenant He made with either one of them. If you, if you want to be Jewish and you want to be under the law, you obey all the law under Moses. Because that's, that's and of course Abraham, because you know, he's the father of the faith and uh, of the Jewish people. So you understand that you've got to, they've got to keep all of that law. So biblical history is the outworking of God's covenant with His people. You do, he do. A covenant is the most solemn and binding commitment that the Bible knows. A covenant is a principle in the Bible that no lasting relationship can be built. Without a covenant, people build nothing. Please write this down. You don't get much from Scripture without a covenant mentality. As a man thinks in his heart, when I know I'm in covenant with Jehovah, 
when I know that this is what belongs to me, when I know I've played my part and I'm expecting God to play His part. What is a covenant? I'm giving you some definitions. A covenant is a deal enacted or put in place by God on where defined terms are sealed with an oath. It's ratified with an oath. It's a deal enacted or put in place by God on where defined terms are sealed with an oath. Have a look at Second Chronicles 15 verse 1. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Oded and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you. Come on, read with me. The Lord is with you while you are with him. My wife wants a divorce and she wants to leave. Not in this lifetime. But I'm just letting her know up front. All the benefits. As long as you're with me, I'm with you. And the benefits will remain. You don't want it anymore? No problem. But as long as you are with me, I'm with you. That's covenant. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest, and without law. But when in their trouble, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought Him, He was found by them. And in those times, there was no peace to the one who went out, nor to the one who came in. But great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the lands. So nation was destroyed by nation, and city by city, for God troubled them with load shedding. Now I'm hearing that there's not enough water. The dams are low. No, the rivers are, the valves overflowing, but we got no power to push water into the dams, right? Into the reservoirs. Jesus help us. I mean, we said Jesus help us. He sends the rain. We don't have one engineer to fix it. Verse 7. There's a problem in this nation because the nation has forsaken its covenant with God. Let me tell you the problem up front and the reason why you need to make a fresh vow to God this morning and start to walk in covenant with Jehovah because everybody else has departed and the trouble has come but nobody's turning their eyes toward God and saying, Father, we have messed up. But he says, but you, look at your neighbor say, but you, be strong and do not let your hands be weak for your work shall be rewarded. Let somebody know that you're in covenant with Jehovah. Your work must be rewarded. Amen. And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded, the prophet, he took courage. Now take courage this morning. And he removed the abominable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin and from all the cities which he had taken in the mountains of Ephraim. And he restored the altar of the Lord that was before the vestibule of the Lord. So the, the thing about a covenant is that God says you can't have that in your midst. You want to make vows and you want to go and burn incense and you want to go and slaughter animals and you want to call on your gods. Look at the mess this nation is in. 
So when the prophecy comes, God says, I will reward one. I will take one man if he makes a covenant with me and if he sets his heart straight, I will make sure that ye, I save him. Then he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and he drives out, he puts the idols out, right? That's what you're going to do in your house in the season. And say, this can't be. This pornography can't stay in this house. I can't live not worshiping God in the morning. I've got to put out all my idols. I've got to walk away from my gambling, my, my bribing, my addiction, and all kinds of crazy things because I'm entering into a season of Passover where as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. You're going to shout this morning and say yes. And Simeon, for they came to him in great numbers from Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. What you want is to understand covenant, to know how God is with you. No matter what's happening in South Africa, God will make sure that he keeps his covenant. So they gathered together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. And they offered to the Lord at that time 700 bulls and 7,000 sheep from the spoil they had brought. Because every covenant needs a sacrifice. Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. And whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel was put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. Then they took an oath before the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting and trumpets and rams and horns. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all of their heart and sought him with all of their soul. And he was found by them, and the Lord gave them rest all around. Do you understand when you enter into covenant with Jehovah my environment is different to everybody's environment because I've entered into a covenant with Jehovah. Is everybody with me this morning? And he removed the mother of Asher the queen from being queen mother because she had made an obscene image of Asherah and Asher cut down her obscene image then crushed and burnt it by the brook Kidron. I need to hop. Please pick up verse, verse, are we in verse 18? Just give me verse 18. You also brought into the house of God, that's a covenant. God's going to play his part. There's a covenant of peace. There's a covenant of prosperity. There is a covenant you can enter into God with. If you play your part, God will play his part. He also brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated and that he himself had dedicated silver and gold and utensils. The things that belong to the Lord must come to God. Whatever God is calling for because that's a covenant is that I'm in covenant with Jehovah. All that belongs to God belongs to me. All that belongs to me belongs to God. And so if God's calling for something, I got to bring it to him because I am in covenant with Jehovah. And there was no war, no load shedding until the 35th year of the reign of Asa. So please write this down. What is a covenant? A covenant is a spiritual platform by which we commit God by obedience in faith to make good on His promises. You know that there's a problem when somebody is saved and they love God and they broke 
or they're constantly sick in their bodies. You know that there's something not right when there's no, when there's war all around you, yet you saved. Because here's the deal. You could be in covenant with God, have, I mean talking born again, a new covenant believer. Know that there are 7,000 promises for you, but they never mean anything to you. Because in my body, when this sickness hit, I went to God and I said, now you let me know where I went wrong in our covenant. Because I know it's not with you. Are you with me? He's a covenant-keeping God. Is your healing done? Is your prosperity done? Is your peace done? Give me John chapter 16 verse 33, please. Let me show you that your environment should be, I don't know, this is for somebody this morning, wasn't part of my notes, but give me the amplified version, please. John 16, 33. I have told you these things. You come into covenant with me? So that in me, you may have perfect peace and confidence. That's a covenant. When you come into covenant with God, there is a thing that God's going to do for your life and for mine that when you step into this place, the devil cannot harass you anymore unless you've broken the covenant. Now, hear me when I say this to you. you it's by grace you've been saved. I'm talking about heaven is sorted. I'm talking about people that can die and, and, and they, can, they can go to heaven, but it could be before their time. Because you don't understand that there is a place of covenant with God. The Bible says, let me not jump, let me give you my scripture finish. In the world, he didn't say you might, he says you're going to have them. You have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. He said, we know it's coming. Why are you, you keep telling God this? Oh Lord, the load shedding. He says, I told you there'd be frustration. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. Listen, read with me the final piece. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Someone's going to give Jesus a praise in this place because you serve a covenant-keeping God. I'm in covenant with God so anything that's harassing me is harassing him how can your wife be dealing with an enemy that's at the gate or thieves are trying to jump the walls and you laying on your bed watching Man United play soccer are we in covenant here stand up are you going to leave me to fight by myself here my wife comes and says, the gate's not working. I spend a whole like, hour trying to fix the gate. Because we're in covenant. Now, if we weren't in covenant, you're going to pay me for this. When you came into covenant with God, and you came into Christ, you came into a new covenant. And what it means is, I now stepped out on a whole different platform. So let's take sickness as one. 
I could go to God and I said, now hold on. I'm serving you. The bargain is, you take care of me. Give me Jude chapter, I think it's 26. So I'm dealing with God and I'm saying, I need to, I need to, uh, he says, come serve me. I'm like, no, you don't know me. Well, you do know me. You know, I'm the guy that starts a project and don't finish it. I'm the guy that I'm going to be faithful a couple of weeks and it's going to be really good motivation. But by the fourth week, I'm going to go and, and slide back into my old lifestyle. I said, you want me to preach for you? I don't want to embarrass me, my family, and I don't want to embarrass you. So how about you leave me alone? I serve you on my terms. And don't bother me. When I have some money, I'll make sure I give you an offering. How about we, you and I just stay on that level? Do you have it for me? I think it's Jude chapter, if there's no 26, what's it? It's 24. 24. So the Lord pulls me up. He says, let me show you a scripture. You think that this is dependent upon you. When you said yes to me, we came into covenant. Now I'm here for you. But I want you to know that I want to raise the platform. What did I say? A covenant is a spiritual platform by which we commit to God by obedience in faith to make good on His promises. So the deal is, if I come and serve you on this next level, not just saved, I'm going to make a covenant with you. I'm coming to the next level of relationship with you. But I have a problem because you know my weaknesses. And so does the devil. And you know that it's not going to work out good. Here's the word he gives me. Please read with me. Now to him. He says to me, son, not according to you. According to me. Now to him. Most high God. Covenant keeping God. Who is able to keep you from stumbling. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. He says, my job is to keep you from stumbling. If you follow me, even in your temptation, even in the place where you make a mistake, I'm going to lift you up. Come on. Even though the righteous fall seven times, they will rise again. You will rise again. Come on. Let God arise over this church this morning. Let his enemies be scattered. You need to remember this morning that you are in covenant with Jehovah. He says it's... If you follow me and you follow my instruction, you will not stumble, you will not fall. Because it's my job. And if you need to know anything, I'll deal with you. Job 36 verse 11. Please read with me. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and the years in pleasures. So you can't have, I can't have sickness on me because it doesn't look like years in pleasures. Are you with me? When I sat down with God, God said to me, well, can we deal with this covenant thing? Because in serving me, you used words you shouldn't have. If something is broken, we can go and fix that covenant by fixing, so my, quickly I repented and God turned nine months into nine days and he, he removed it because your job is to play your part in the covenant. As long as you're with God, God is with you. You need to play your part, God's going to play his part. You are in covenant. 
Now, why is covenant so important to God? Here's an important thought. Please just listen to what I'm saying to you. When God made the earth, there's man, there's the earth. God said, let them have dominion. They made in our image and in our likeness, but let them have dominion. This is what God did. He locked himself out of the earth. And so man has got the power to do whatever he wants to do. And the only time that I'll get involved in it, if he calls me into this place. One guy went sitting at the hairdresser, and of course, you know, the guy's cutting hair, always skeptical about the scriptures and the word of God. And he's cutting the guy's hair, and he says, you're a preacher, right? He says, yeah, I'm a preacher. He says, you know, there can't be a God. He says, uh, how, why are you saying that? He says, no, well, you, you look around the world, man. You'll see the mess that this world is in. If there was a God, then the world wouldn't be in this mess. And so he says, wow, that's interesting. So the pastor gets up from there. You see, I cut my hair. Letting you know, I'm preaching to my, to my hairdresser. Letting you know, you shall be saved, my friend. The Lord, he asked for the website and the like. So, so he, he gets outside and he walks outside. The pastor is, does and he sees this guy that's begging next to, right outside of the barbershop. And he goes to him and the guy's hair is not done and he's looking so terrible. And he says, please come with me for a minute. He goes into the barbershop and he says, takes the guy and says, I want you to know that there are no barbers. He says, what do you mean? I'm here. He says, so why is this guy's hair not cut? He says, because he never asked me. He says, that's exactly the same thing with God. If you don't ask God, how can God come in if you don't come to Him? So why don't you come to Him? This is covenant. When you finally, God is always looking to make covenant with somebody. He wants to make you so rich. He wants to do something with your family that sets you above everybody else in the earth. The enemy doesn't want you to understand the power of covenant because God only speaks to people in terms of covenant. He doesn't speak to you if you're not born again. Why? Because the only prayer he's going to hear from you is a prayer of repentance. You've got to come to him. You've got to invite him into your place. You've got to let him cut your hair. You've got to let him wash you down. You've got to let him make you brand new. You've got to belong to the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. Say a good amen in the house. Here we're sitting with a generation that hates to make covenant that hates to get involved in marriages, make vows to the church and to, and, to, and to one another. Let me tell you why. You think it's you? Give me Isaiah, please. Chapter 14, verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You who did what? What does he do? He weakens the nations. So anytime you don't understand covenant, don't make a vow to God and stay in covenant with God, He weakens you. Oh, we're just friends. We're friends with benefits. You violate covenants. The house God sent you to. The place God's called you to build. 
the house gods, what, what is the enemy? He's weakening the nations. He's weakening the covenant because he knows there's no spiritual power where there is no covenant. Because God only speaks to covenant. It's a spiritual platform that I get onto, that you get onto, that says more than God just being a healer. I don't come to church to get healed. I walk out with the healer. There's a completely different promise. And that's the reason why many people would come and say, pray for me, I'm sick. I'm asking, where's your healer? Is he not greater inside of you? Because if you're in covenant with God, I then I'm not looking to be healed. I'm walking in divine health. There's a huge difference because I've entered into a covenant with God that anything that's wrong in my body, anything that the enemy is attacking or maybe I'm missing some nutrients or some supplements, I go before the Lord, I don't get involved in anything because this body now is the temple of the Holy Spirit and the kingdom and, and the Spirit of God dwells in me and as I begin to ask God, what is the right thing to do? He leads me to my doctor, He leads me to the supplements He tells me this is going to be needed He speaks, Why? Because everything if, if listen to me, if, you're, if God doesn't give you the thing He's going to give you the thing for the thing. So if my faith doesn't produce my healing, God will lead me to get some supplements or add some stuff because I am in covenant with Jehovah. Are you with me? I'll deal with another covenant I'm in with God concerning the call of God upon my life. But what the enemy wants to do is he wants you to live outside of covenant. Number one, either because you don't understand the scriptures. The Bible says that my people are perishing because of one is the lack of knowledge. Two, forgotten knowledge. Three, rejected knowledge. And anytime you take the knowledge of God concerning covenant and you reject it, forget it or neglect it, you're going to find yourself in trouble. Because the covenant of God is what flushes out the doubt in my system concerning my future, concerning my health, concerning my finances, because I am in covenant with Jehovah. And anytime the devil comes, he wants to weaken the covenant. Oh my God, I just need to start preaching. I'm looking at the time. But the devil wants to weaken your family. He wants to weaken the covenant that you have with your marriage. He wants to weaken your covenant you have with God and in the house of God. So let's have a look. Let's just touch on the one that's really important to us that is needed for you to understand the Abrahamic covenant. So remember that when God wants to deal with a man, He's going to deal with you in terms of covenant. You want to do business with God, you're going to have to lift up your name and give Him your name. You, it's not in a group. It's this family is going to live this way because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Watch God now. He's now inviting a man that's a moon worshiper. He says, won't you come and follow me? I want to show you that I'm a covenant-keeping God. I'm going to make some promises over your life, Abraham. And if you follow me uh, and, and your family, I want to do something in and through your life so that the whole world will know that you are not somebody ordinary. Is somebody with me this morning? Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out from your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless 
you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Go back to verse 2 please and give it to me in the amplified version. And I will make of you a great nation. Now remember Abraham, I'm looking for something between you and me. Yours is to serve me. And I will bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others you're not going to have a job anymore you're not going to go and try and protect yourself anymore you're going to run and try and cut a favor with people I'm going to be your God and I'm going to lift your name I'm going to make sure that you are blessed I'm going to protect everything concerning your life I'm going to watch over you I'm going to take care of you because I locked myself out of the earth and if I can find a man to do business with I don't know you in this house because someone's name is about to change for the best for the good. God's about to lift your name. You're going to be famous. You're going to be distinguished. God's going to do something with your name because you made a vow to Jehovah. Covenant. So, Abraham starts to walk with him. So watch now the blessing. Watch this covenant. What does it mean? Abraham, God promises. Watch the promise. I'm going to give you land. Some of you have not entered into covenant with God concerning land yet. Some of you, there's a second one. You made a vow. He says, your descendants, I'm going to do something with them too. And I'm going to put something on you called the blessing. And I'm going to let you know that no man will be able to stand before you. Because what I'm making as a vow to you, it's going to filter through to you. It's going to start with you, filter to your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. But I'm telling you, the covenant is an everlasting covenant. And you can't stop me because no one's going to be able to stop you. Someone's going to hear me this morning. So let's, let's get this thing. So there's a promise, right? I'm going to have descendants. I am blessed. So Abraham begins to increase because the blessings on him. But the promise was not just that you'll have good finances. He increased in livestock and the story lets you you know about how Lot came with him and they both increased and strife came in and and, and the blessing stopped. And then when he left, God said, now lift up your eyes. I'm going to show you that's the land for you. He shows him the land and the increase. But there is something missing. Genesis chapter 15 verse 1, please. Stop that clock. Just stop it. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. So he speaks back in terms of covenant terms. And your exceedingly great reward. But I'm walking with you, God. But Abram said, So here's this covenant conversation. So the Lord is saying to me, I'm your shield, I'm going to protect you. But I'm also your reward for following after me. I promised you what I'm going to do. Abraham says, no, hold on. Can we have a conversation, please? Because in covenant, you get to do that. I get to ask you, who called you? 
What's that? What's in that inbox? I, I get the right. I don't have the right to ask anyone else, not even my daughter. What's going on in your inbox? But for my wife, I am in covenant with you and I've got the right to ask you a question. I don't know where you're standing with God this morning, but when you're in covenant with Jehovah, you've got the right to ask a question. Abraham asked a question. He said, Lord God, now what will you give me? It's okay to ask God when you're in covenant. Seeing I go childless. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. He says, I got a servant. I'm building all of this, but I got no children. Now you need to tell me what's going on here because according to you and the promise and why you called me, we're in covenant. And can I ask you a question, please? I see all the lands and I see all the blessing, but what about my children? Can you ask God this morning, what about my children? Then Abraham said, look, you've given me no offspring. We're in covenant. You're the one that opens wombs. You're the one that can, make, can give birth. You're the one that can do miracles. I entered into covenant with you for this reason. You've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is, is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, now look, I made a promise to you. Now I'm letting you know, look, count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. So the Lord says, you believe me, Abraham? He says, yeah. You have a promise of my life? Yeah. He says, because you believe me, I give you a deposit. A deposit called righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit. So you're seeing it now. You're tasting of my goodness. And he said, okay, I've seen this, but how shall I know that I will inherit it? He said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them down the middle and placed each piece opposite, opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, and behold, a horror and a great darkness fell upon him. If you've never been in a place called horror and deep darkness in your walk with God, you ain't seen nothing yet. You're still a baby. Because at days when God comes and God makes sure that it's just dark, you can't see a thing. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where God is. I don't know what's happening in my life. I can't see anything. It's exactly what Abraham, it's called the dark night of the soul. It happens to every one of us because God's about to birth something new. And when I find myself in that place and I know that this is what's happening in my life, I know that God is changing my life because there's a new day coming and I'm going to get fresh revelation of who God really is in my new season. It's just part of the deal. I don't feel God anymore. You weren't supposed to feel God all the time. But He's there. So God makes a promise to him. Your descendants, now, now, then he said to Abraham, know certainly 
that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and will afflict them for 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge afterward. They shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. That's your testimony. And so here's the deal. Brian, are you in the service? Where is he? He's somewhere here. Oh, he's in the sound room. Yeah, come here. Are you, are you dressed for, for church? Not just you, I need your wife. Come, Aaron. Because they haven't been in church for all these weeks, I, want to, I need to use and just remind them that they're born again. Come, come, come. So, so what you want to have is, do you have another one of these here quickly for me? One of these tables. I need one table here. I need another one. I need another one. Fetch me another one. So, so I married the two of them. One is over here. This is because she never attended covenant couples. <laughs> so I've got to remind you. Okay, they're going to they're gonna help us over here. So I tell you what. Take those baskets and put, it, put one here. The basket will come and push it, this one over here. So here's the deal. There we go. That's fine. Leave it for, there for now. So, so Brian's got his own life and Brian's doing his own thing. Aaron's got her own life. She's doing her own thing. Brian finally says they want to get married, right? So I said, deal. So the both of you come here. Hold hands and say, I do. Okay. So the deal about this thing is what Abraham is showing is that there is one part of the body that's over there. Now remember, the two shall become one. There's another body that's over here. And what happens is, is that God says now you need to go and you need to make sure that these two pieces are here. Go, go back to the scripture. Just keep staying with me. Verse 17. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between these two, those pieces. So what happens is, because you're now saying, she is a promise. She's worshipping in the church. Brian turns on and says, I think that's my wife. I say, I could have told you, son. So he says, we now need to take this relationship. Aaron, do you want to marry me? Aaron says, I'm first going to kill you and then I'll marry you. So the deal is, we go to Cape Town and we have the ceremony of the two pieces that have been put on the side and that's now going to become one. So what it means is in covenant, Aaron, you get to walk. So turn around. You see that? Take, oh, they, thank you so much. Take a walk around your life. Brian, take a walk around your life. Come stop right here and meet each other. Now, at this point, you exchange cell phones, you see, if you had. And you walk around Aaron's life as Aaron walks around your life. That's the essence of a covenant. Because from this moment forward, you don't have anything in your basket that I don't know about. You've got no right to withhold anything that's in your basket that I shouldn't know about. 
You can't have girlfriends. You can't have whatever promise there was before with others. That promise is over because we stepped onto a brand new platform and it's called covenant. You're going to clap your hands a little better than that. So that whatever is bothering her should bother him. Whatever's bothering him should bother her. I mean, even in sex, the Bible says your body is not even your own. Uh-huh. You, the Bible says you can't refuse. That's called the power of covenant. So what God does is, He says, let me show you, Abraham. We're taking our relationship. There's a promise. But now we're going to enter into covenant. There was a promise that maybe one day I'll get married. Maybe I'll get married. I'm not sure which girl it would be. I'm not sure which boy it would be. But those promises went and all those ended because you stepped up on another platform. And this platform is now what you have promised and vowed on that day will now then become into effect because you are not doing it for any other girl you're not doing it for any other boy it is only for the two of you because you're in covenant and this is where God lives I said this is where God lives I said this is where God lives because God only speaks in terms of covenant You may be seated. Thank you. No, don't take it away. Don't take it away. Don't take it away. So what God does with Abraham, He says, Abraham, put the two pieces. And He says, here comes a burning oven. God who is the fire begins to walk between the two. Here's what it means. Here's what it means, Brian. Here's what it means, Aaron. When I look at the sacrifice and I look at the death of this thing, the blood that that flowed, he says to Abraham, if I mess up, you've got the right to kill me like this animal is. If you mess up, I've got the right to do for you the same. That's what covenant means. It means that I've made of a God doesn't speak outside of covenants. He tells Abraham, listen, listen to the scripture. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. So the reason why you go, is, go to a, a wedding ceremony is because you are a witness. So the ceremony is there, the food is there, the, the cutting of the cake is there, and all the ceremonial things are happening over there. Uh, um, and they both came to say, look, we've come to die to the world. Other girls, other relationships are off limits because we're in covenant with God. There must be a priest, there must be witnesses, because when they both said, I do, we can all tell you the date and we can tell you who was there. God says to Abraham, who do I call? I'm making a vow to you. Who do I call? I make a promise to you. Who can I call? You're asking for a covenant relationship. 
You're asking me to, you and I, to enter into a brand new relationship that's different than the rest of the globe. And, and, and I made some promises to you, but this covenant must be sealed. Listen to the scripture. For when God made a promise to Abraham because he couldn't swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Saying, surely, blessing I will bless you. And multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater. When you're going into a contract with somebody, it's written on paper, you can take them to the courts. There was none like that before. People only entered into covenant. I got your back, you got mine. It's called covenant. It's that even in my weakness, your strength will cover me. Even in your weakness, my strength will cover you. There are only three places of covenantal relationships. It's one is the church. Two is marriage. Three is, of course, your relationship with God. That's the covenant you enter into. He says, for men indeed swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is, is for them an end of all disputes. So we need somebody to stand there as a witness and a mediator to say, we saw this thing happen and it is done. That ends all disputes. We know what happened. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of His counsel confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible. Please say that again with me. Say it is impossible. Say it is impossible. Say one more time. Say it's impossible. It's impossible for God to lie. He says, I want to do covenant with you. I'm locked out. But if you allow me in, I'm going to do for you what you could never do for yourself. You and I are going to come into, here's my promise over you. He says, but how? He says, Let me, let's get into a covenant. And based upon that covenant, everything has stood from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. I mean, the tribes of Israel. And here we are. So in making the sacrifice, there is something about converting your relationship with God. You hear what the apostle is saying? You are born again. You are saved. You are good for heaven. It's by grace you've been saved. Please don't get me wrong. We only say because of the blood of Jesus. And Jesus calls it the new covenant. Attached to this promise is somebody can begin to do business with God on a whole different level where you begin to enter into covenant with God on a level that makes a particular area of your life of your life make sense whether it be for family whether it be for healing I'm listening to David Bishop David Oyedepo I think the man's 70 maybe 80 he stands there he says I I take no medication. And I am not even on one vitamin. I have communion. Because one day I stepped into covenant with God concerning health. And my life is never the same again. Now, the reason why the body of Christ is still sick is because nobody's entered into that place of understanding covenant. Let's take money. So, you know that my core... God brings me into, into his, his kingdom. I get saved. 
I said, what can I do for you? The Lord says, well, you want to enter into covenant? I said, yes, sir. He says, this is why I called you. Mark 4, 11. My time's so gone. My Lord will help us. And he said to them, this is his message to me. He says, to you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside of this covenant between me and you, all things comes in parables. He says, this is the call I have upon your life. This is what I want you to do for me. Will you go and you can build this church for me and carry, be the custodian of kingdom revelation. And I'll pay for your flights. We've been overseas every single year. God has paid for flights to Bahamas, to Chicago, and set me up amongst kings and people that have deep revelation around the mysteries of the kingdom because it is what I covenanted with God to do for Him. I carry this vision. I walk wherever I walk with this vision because it is what I have, I'm in covenant with God to do. Now, if I break off from this covenant and I go and preach something else, then God's not obligated to send me anywhere or to build anything. Are you with me? I've got to do my part for God to play His part. I am dealing with not you just being saved. I'm dealing with somebody who's coming into the kingdom of God that's going to function out of a different place. That's the reason why you'll hear this pastor preach about the kingdom all the time. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, please. You can, you can whistle, you can jump to your feet, you can do cartwheels, you can do whatever you want to do, but you're never going to get what God has given me until you enter into the covenant like I entered into covenant with God. Are you hearing me? I'm not talking about being saved. I'm talking about now that I'm saved, I've got another platform, a different relationship with God that lets me live on a different plane. And when I get involved on God's system at any place concerning just things, seek first. That was my instruction. You seek it first. That is the covenant. A new covenant believer, you have got to be able to can establish yourself in the thing that God called you to do. Then God spoke to us about our family. He spoke to us about the kingdom and the things that people are looking for. He says the things that you've been paying off and working hard for because you entered into a covenant with me. I'm going to change your life and I'm going to change your children and I'm going to make sure that the kingdom is established because you are custodian of kingdom revelation. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and the things that the world is working for, I'm going to give to you. People spend a lifetime looking for one overseas holiday. They work with their pensions and work hard and we, until they are 75 and now they want to go on holiday. God's blessed us. He sent us to Sorrento. He sent us to, to, to Italy. He sent us to, I mean, is, is anybody going to, are you going to get quiet on me? No, everybody celebrates when, when a man puts seeks first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then they get mad when all these things are added. No, it's a covenant thing. Because if I'm putting his kingdom first uh, and all these things, he's got a promise. I am in covenant with Jehovah. He's got to come through for me. That's the reason why I can say I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. When I leave the nation and I'm flying out, I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed coming in. Why? I am in covenant with Jehovah. I entered into a covenant. I said yes to God. I said yes to build His church. Where are you going to find me? You're going to find me here every week. 18 years later, 
Why? Let people serve. Let people choose whatever they want to choose. But for me and my house, when I entered into covenant, I said yes to God. I said yes to my wife and I said yes to God. And whatever's on God, if I need protection, these things must be added. To, to give you debt-free living, these things must be added. You need clothing. These things shall be added. You're going to get quiet on me this morning because you don't understand that. Yeah, 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 let me end. Let me end. My time's gone. You cannot mess with somebody who's entered into a covenant with God. I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to save you because if you curse them, God deals with you. Because what God has blessed, no man can curse. When you come into the... Please come up. My time's gone. There's so much to preach. If you play your part in the kingdom of God, these things shall be added. I've watched God protect us. Sitting in my house, it's midday. We get out of bed on a Monday. Finally going to the lounge because we open up early in the morning. The helper's there. She's locked in a back room looking through the glass. I'm saying, what are you doing? She says, these robbers were here. I'm like, what are you talking about? She says, there were three of them or four of them with guns. Like, what are you talking about? I go into the lounge, I'm saying, huh? the TV's gone. I'm like, what do you mean? She says, I'm sitting here for an hour. Weeping. We go to the front of the gate. They lifted the gate and moved the gate. And four of them walked in. We're sitting in a bedroom, vulnerable. They come in by the kitchen. They take a TV. They lock her up. They take a TV. And the next moment, they're gone. I mean, I don't see a thing. An hour's gone. We think that the house is still okay. I don't know what they heard. But they ran. Because when whatever is covered in faith is protected by God. When you come into covenant with Jehovah, are you hearing me, church? When you take your covenant serious with God, when... When you give him your business, when you bring your family and you put it all under the kingdom of God and God puts his dome over that, it's the only way that God can work with you. Psalms chapter 112, please. The Lord will help us preach this. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants. It affects your children. Let one man make covenant with God. Your children are blessed because of a covenant. They are preserved and they are protected. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Are you still living in a casual relationship with God? Are you still like, ah, the Lord knows my heart. 
I'll give when I can. Oh, I did make a vow, but I, I will hold whenever I can. People don't understand the kind of relationship when I said yes to the kingdom of God and I entered into covenant with the kingdom and God said, give me your house. I had to get, give, give it to God. Have you lived on that level with God where you're dealing with Abraham and you're taking out your son, your only son, and the one whom you love, and you take him and you sacrifice him, put it on the mountain, and you go and he wants to kill it. You got to get into a relationship with God where, where God turned to Abraham and said, told the angel, said, Stop. For now I know. Now I know. You must get into your relationship with God in this next season where you know that you're doing business with God, that you don't come and give God. You know, there's a difference between compliance and commitment. I had to stop one of my leadership meetings and say, you don't want to come to my meeting. I have no problem. But I will not deal with you when you're available. You make a commitment to build here. I'm watching your commitment to the house of God and to the things of God. Because I want to know, are we in covenant? Don't make me stand and pray. Pastor Z comes here and prays and you're sitting around and playing, doing your own thing. It's not, it's not right. You don't understand covenant. A covenant is when I play my part and you play your part. You're going to be so quiet right now on me, right? Because you, you don't understand that when, when I'm dealing with you as a leader, I'm calling you into a place of covenant. When I give you the opportunity, you don't have an optional. There's no options. And like, you know, maybe I will, maybe I can't, and then maybe I'll in it. And then, no, no, you don't understand covenant. Casual people build nothing. Casual relationships build nothing. It was when Jesus, Peter comes to Jesus and says, Jesus says, who do the men, men say that I am? He says, you're the Christ. The son of the living God. He says, now flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my father's in heaven. And based upon that covenantal understanding, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. That's the reason why the church is standing forever. And that's the reason why your company won't. Because contracts come to an end, covenant does not. Your company's contract can come to an end, but when you're in covenant with Jehovah, no matter the season, it doesn't matter the climate in South Africa, because I am in covenant with Jehovah, I know that God is my provider. I'm calling upon the God who provides even in the midst of a valid season. The God who can be there, even no matter what is happening around me, I am in covenant with Jehovah. You're going to clap your hands this morning. Write this down. Progress is evident anywhere and everywhere. Casual relationships are converted into covenant relationships. Casual people have got no obligation, man. Covenant people do. Your well-being affects us. Mine should affect you. This church, when you got, you came into covenant with this church. This house should matter to you. Everything about this house, that's called covenant. If not, you are in a casual relationship and I've got no time for you. Because God don't deal with me on this. And every time I violated the covenant with God, I got myself into trouble. Then I had to go and beg people and go and ask people and make a plan here and make a plan there. God says, no, you broke the covenant. You broke the covenant. When you come into covenant with God, you can depend upon God to supply because you're playing your part, God's playing His part. Oh, my time's up. Let's please stand to our feet.
Someone's going to make a fresh commitment and a vow to God. I'm going to lift my hands right now. Forgive me where I've violated the covenant, where I've not played my part. I'm coming back to the heart of worship and I'm going to serve no foreign God. Make that your vow before the Lord this morning. I will serve no foreign God. I've made up my mind, everything that is not of you, I'm putting out of my house, out of my mind. It's a season for business people. You've got to make a vow to God. Hear me. I'm not going to pray for you. It's the vow between you and God for your family, for your business, for your life. Stop hovering around the altar like you've got no responsibility. Stop hovering around in your prayers thinking that God doesn't see, that God's not watching. It is your season that you need to make a fresh vow. Heading up to Passover. That you come back to the place of where you understand the power of a covenant. That we wish to see Jesus. That may be your prayer. Come. Lord, I wish to see Jesus in a fresh way. Come on. Make that your prayer this morning. I'm going to lift up my hands this morning. And I'll serve no foreign God. Come on, lift your hands in worship. <laughs>